Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And blessed be his kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of thy Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love thee and worthily magnify thy holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ saith. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Upon these two commands hang all the law and the prophets.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, whose Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, is the light of the world, grant that thy people, illumined by thy word and sacraments, may shine with the radiance of Christ's glory, that he may be known, worshipped, and obeyed to the ends of the earth, through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who with thee and the Holy Spirit liveth and reigneth one God, now and forever. Amen. reading from Isaiah. Listen to me, O coastlands, and hearken, you peoples from afar. The Lord called me from the womb. From the body of my mother he named my name. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand he hid me. He made me a polished arrow in his quiver. He hid me away, and he said to me, You are my servant, Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing in vanity. Yet surely my right is with the Lord, my recompense with my God. And now the Lord says, who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has become my strength, he says. It is too light a thing you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will give you as a light to the nations, that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One, to one deeply despised, abhorred by nations, the servant of rulers. Kings shall see and arise, princes and they shall prostrate themselves, because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. Word of the Lord.
A reading from Corinthians. Paul called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, and our brother Sosthenes to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ both their Lord and ours, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give you thanks to God always for you because of the grace of God which has been given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him with all speech and all knowledge even as the testimony to Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift. As you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ. Our Lord, the word of the Lord. be with you, thy spirit, the holy gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, according to St. John. Glory be to thee, O Lord. The day after John had baptized Jesus, John saw him coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, for he was before me. I myself did not know him. But for this I came, baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend as a dove from heaven, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and borne witness that this is the Son of God. The next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What do you seek? 
And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means the Christ. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Grant, O Lord, that thy word only may be spoken, and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. This morning in, in the gospel, we hear one of the more popular or well-known professions of faith. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. But... We must ask ourselves the question, why does John the Baptist address Jesus in that way? Why does he say, behold the Lamb of God? What does that mean? What does it mean? If we understand that, we have a deeper understanding of our faith and um, and and what we're doing. So, let's investigate that a bit. Why does John say, behold the Lamb of God? Where does it come from? And there are really two places in the Old Testament where this comes from, the first, it might be a bit more obscure, uh, from Isaiah, where Isaiah is prophesying the coming of the Messiah, and he does so uh, throughout the second part of of his book. And he does so in in such a way, uh, in one song, in one place called the the Song of the Servant, uh, he says, like uh, like a sheep, he was led, like a lamb, he was led to the slaughter, and like a sheep before his shearers, he was mute. Now, if you listen to Handel's Messiah, that will ring a bell. But Isaiah looks to the coming of the Messiah, and he, Isaiah calls him a lamb led to the slaughter, talking about his innocence and his purity, and also the sacrifice that he will make for the world, the sacrifice of his very life he will make for the world. So that's one place, the song of Isaiah. Uh, and then, in the other place, it's more popular, if you ever attended or taught vacation Bible school, I know you know this, Um, when Israel is in captivity in Egypt under Pharaoh, and Pharaoh does all those horrible things when God hardens his heart, and all those plagues come upon him, and he refuses to relent, the final plague, or or, or the final, uh, sort of, I guess the final plague, we'll call it that, is when uh, Moses tells Pharaoh that the firstborn will die of everywhere. And, and so if you don't let the people go and Pharaoh refuses. So Moses tells the faithful of Israel to take a lamb without blemish, without spot, the firstborn lamb, and to offer it to God in a sacrifice to prepare a meal a certain way and take the blood from that sacrifice of that pure and spotless lamb and paint the lentils of your doorpost. 
That way death will pass over your house. And that's where we get the Passover from um, in this whole idea of the lamb being the perfect sacrifice. So John looks at Jesus in front of God and everybody and says, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. So John makes a, a, a very profound proclamation. The Lamb of God. The sacrifice of God. The pure and perfect unblemished offering of God for the sins of the people. The pure and perfect offering to take death away from the world. So, it's very uh, specific language John uses. And it comes right in the beginning of, of John's gospel. But uh, it's probably familiar. I hope it's at least familiar to our hear, ears when we hear, Behold the Lamb of God. Because there's a hymn in our liturgy that we sing every single Sunday. This, this, this from that proclamation of faith, confession of John the Baptist. O Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world, have mercy upon us. We all know that the Agnus Day, uh, as it's called, has been a part of the liturgy for a long, long, long time, for centuries and centuries and centuries. It's been a part of our liturgy. Um, And it comes in a very unique place in our liturgy. As you know, when we come into the church to begin our liturgy, we start with hymns of praise to God. Then we ask God for mercy. Then we glorify God's name. Uh, Then we say some prayers. And now we set and we listen to scriptures and the gospel And now the priest gets up and rambles on about what the gospel means. Uh, And then we'll profess our faith. Then we'll have the liturgy of the sacrament. And what we say in in, in this church, in the Anglican communion, is that the bread and wine that are on the altar somehow become the body and blood of Christ. So when we say the words of our Lord, this is my body, this is my blood, we say that Jesus is really... And truly here with us in this church. That we are really and truly communing with Jesus. And so after we said those words. And we've, uh, and Jesus is in our midst in the bread and the wine. After the Eucharistic prayer. That's when we sing the Agnus Dei. O Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us. Grant us thy peace. And to me, throughout my brief time of being a priest, um, that's one of the most emotional times in the liturgy. Sometimes I often get teary-eyed or uh, a catch in my throat, as it were, or, or just very emotional uh, because that time, to me, is so intimate and so raw and so real and tender. I can't help but think in the conversations I have and the, the, the way I go about my day and the things I do, when people come here... I can't help but think of everyone's stations in life and how difficult and grueling life can be sometimes, how hard life can be sometimes. People come to this place with troubles in their relationships, with addiction problems, job problems. They come here hopeless, broken, depressed, defeated, deflated. They come here in all sorts and conditions. And none of them are really great a lot of the time. But they come here and we kneel and we say the same words John the Baptist said. Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, have mercy. Have mercy upon us. Grant us thy peace. 
And to have a, a lot of people come in here into this place in the Eucharist and kneel and make that profession of faith and beg for mercy is a very powerful and moving thing. It really, really is. So that is, is where we sort of get some of that from, and it's um, a very meaningful and powerful proclamation. We need to notice also after John the Baptist makes that proclamation, what happens? Andrew leaves John the Baptist, and the other disciples leave John the Baptist, and they follow Jesus. And in that, they stay with Jesus, they hear the words of Jesus, and they begin to follow Jesus full time. So once they've made that same profession of faith, once they've seen Jesus, their lives are transformed. And then we didn't read it, uh, the, the gospel book didn't go all the way, but at the end of the reading, Andrew goes and tells his brother, Peter, Simon, that he's found Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ. Peter meets Jesus and says, you are the Messiah, the Christ. And Jesus tells Peter, you are Kaifa. And on this, you know, so Jesus calls Peter rock. So we see from that uh, some wonderful things and things that are meaningful to us. Because uh, I don't want to just, you know, leave you with information about the, the, the liturgy. But when we come in here commune with Jesus in his intimate, raw, and tender ways, when we ask Jesus for mercy, when we beg Jesus for peace, when we commune with Jesus, we go forth from this place transformed just like the disciples. We go forth with hope, knowing that we are not left to our own abilities. We are not left to our own intellect, to our own strength, to our own power, to our own privilege. We have the Lamb of God. Him who takes away the sins of the world. We have a Lord and a Savior. We have hope. We are not on our own. There is nothing that we cannot overcome. With that profession and with that intimate prayer and with the reception of communion and with faith, we have that rock. The same thing Peter had. The rock. So the world is not hopeless. There is no obstacle or nothing we cannot overcome Although life might be difficult and hard, and it certainly is, it's not the end. And this is not all there is. With Jesus, we have eternal life and eternal love. We have eternal hope. We have eternal joy and eternal peace. And so it's a very wonderful, wonderful thing we do when we come here week after week and say these ancient prayers and make these professions of faith to Jesus. We beg the mercy of Jesus. It's a wonderful wonderful thing that transforms and changes our lives. So this morning as we go forth from here, our colleague tells us, asks us that we may be, or we ask God that we may be illumined. Let us go forth from this place, having made the profession of John the Baptist, behold the Lamb of God, having asked Jesus for mercy and grace and received him in Holy Communion. Let us go forth as lights of hope in this world. Let us go forth and make the same proclamation John the Baptist made. Let us go forth with the light of Christ and give hope to a dark and broken world. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Standing, let us profess our faith in God and in His Holy Church. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty,
Kneeling, let us pray. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. Grant that every member of the church may truly and humbly serve you. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. Give to the departed, especially Hugh Landrum and Catherine Lutz, eternal rest. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. Let us pray for our own needs and those of others, for the aged and infirm, for the widowed and orphans, and for the sick and the suffering, especially Norman Alston, Kay Anderson, Gina Beningo, Bill Bradford, Suzanne Boyd, Beth Boykin, Bill Boykin, Donna Buchanan, Homi Kane, Luca Seraldo, Dolores Clark, Beth Cleaver, Susie Dearman, Vance Freaky, Ruth Howell, Emily Lauren Ishi, Clemente Ivanell, Leroy Jensen, Bonnie Jones, Kim Killen, Steve Lee, Luke Leggett, Mary Lou Lott, Patrick McAllister, Mike McInnes, Johnny McLeod, Karen Mingan, Gene Miller, Mitchell, Michael Mitchell, Michael Myrick, Adrian O'Neill, Kyle Pearson, Carol Prevost, Diane Scott, Doyle Scott, Steve Shepard, Harry Smith, Robert Smith, Tony Stiles, Donna Lee Stringer, Henry Temple, John Todd, L.H. Walker, Ramo Walters, Nettie and Gary West, Milton Wheeler, Harvey Wright, Joe Beth Young, and those we now name. We also ask your blessings for the handmaids with child, especially Jane Blake, Anna Henson, Daphne Harlow Johnson, Kendall Phillips, Mary Ellen Stansel, and Elizabeth Wilson Harris. And for those celebrating birthdays this week, especially Walter Bailey, Hillary Burroughs, Heath Ginn, Phyllis Johnson, Susan Reeder, Susan Smith, Mary Beth Welch, and Lynn Wilkinson. And for those celebrating anniversaries this week, especially Laura and Robbie Prince, we ask your blessings also for the protection of the men and women of our armed forces at home and abroad, especially John Asbell, Louis the Balthazar, John Brewer, Michael Buther, Mark Carter, Will Chancellor, Melissa Clark, Stan Harris, Jane Holloway, Scott Howell, Eric Jamalo, Walton Lucky, Calvin Powell, Harold Russell, Joe Vinson, James Warner, and Mark Waters. 
Almighty God, who hast set in thy church some with gifts to teach and help and administer in diversity of operation, but of the same spirit, grant to all such, we beseech thee, grace to wait on the ministry which they have received in the body of Christ with simplicity, diligence, and cheerfulness, that none may think of himself more highly than he ought to think, and none may seek another man's calling, but rather to be found faithful in his own work. To the glory of thy name, in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who of his great mercy hath promised forgiveness of sins to all those who with hearty repentance and true faith turn unto him, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and bring you into everlasting life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the word of God to all who truly turn to him. Come unto me, all ye that travail and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son to the end that all that believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is a true saying and worthy of all men to be received, that Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, even Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is a perfect offering for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Good morning, one and all, and welcome to St. John's on this second Sunday after the Feast of the Epiphany. It's great to see you all here this morning. Uh, first of all, I'd like to, to thank everyone who made last Wednesday evening's annual meeting uh, a really, really wonderful time. So it was great to see you all come out, and we had a wonderful potluck, and 
Uh, I want to congratulate our new class of vestry, Rand McLaughlin, Miss Wendy Herring, and Adam Saul. So uh, they will be serving for the next three years. Please be sure to congratulate them, uphold them in prayer, uh, and wish them well. Uh, coming up later on today, we'll continue with our EYC, and uh, there are plenty of spots left uh, for, for people who would like to feed the EYC, which is a, a wonderful ministry. The EYC very much appreciates it. So uh, if you would like to do that, there, is a, there are spots available. We need one today. You may see my wife, Catherine, uh, and, and, and let her know. So EYC continuing today. Uh, this week is pretty much a normal week, but I will point your attention to some upcoming events that will be fun. Uh, the first, this is not in chronological order, mind you, but uh, the first is running on faith. This is uh, Miss Miranda McLaughlin has offered herself uh, as, as chair of this and is bringing this to life for our parish. And it's a 5K and one mile fun run or walk uh, to, to your ability. That will be Saturday, March the 22nd. She has put together a uh, schedule of training, which is on the, the back table of the parish, uh, back table of the nave, in the hallway, by the business office. That training schedule starts today. You, you may also find that on our website uh, and through our email. But there's a, a wonderful thing coming up, and so I do commend that to you and commend you to, to uh, care not only for your soul, but of body. So we thank Miranda for doing that, and I don't, I don't know if, uh, wait, you, oh, okay. So, uh, yes, I do, I do want to thank, thank her for doing that. Uh, then coming up, uh, we'll have our Candlemas Feast uh, Wednesday evening, February the 5th. So that's at 6 p.m. Uh, so that's always a wonderful, wonderful time. That's when we do the blessing of the throats and we have our uh, dessert crepe uh, uh, reception. So, so, so to try to make that. And we also have a, a, a very special opportunity here for liturgical music or sacred music. The choirs of St. John's Laurel and St. Philip's Episcopal Church in Jackson will gather here and will offer a concert of sacred music throughout the ages. So I commend those things to you. And I think that's all that's, that's, that's really pressing. I don't know that I've forgotten anything. So I want to welcome everyone here. So welcome. Uh, ascribe to the Lord the honor to his name. Bring offerings and come into his courts.
All things come of thee, O Lord, and of thine own have we given thee. The holy sacrifice of this Eucharist is offered to the greater glory of God and thanksgiving for his many, many blessings upon our lives. Giving thanks, especially this day, for the profession of St. John the Baptist. May we make that same profession and may we continue to humbly come before our Lord and our God and be given the grace and peace and joy and strength needed to see these days. We offer special intentions for all who are affected by the inclement weather, remembering especially the homeless, the elderly, and the orphan. We hold before you, as always, the children of this world, remembering especially the unwanted and the unloved, the abused and neglected, and those who live in areas of violence, famine. And may the souls of all the faithfully departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Amen. Glory be to thee, Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, for that thou of thy tender mercy didst give thine only Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption, who made there by his one oblation of himself once offered a full, perfect, and sufficient sacrifice, oblation, and satisfaction for the sins of the whole world, and did institute, and in his holy gospel command us to continue a perpetual memory of that his precious death and sacrifice until his coming again. For in the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this 
is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of this, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. Do this as oft as ye shall drink it in remembrance of me. Wherefore, O Lord and Heavenly Father, according to the institution of thy dearly beloved Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, we, thy humble servants, do celebrate and make here before thy divine majesty with these thy holy gifts, which we now offer unto thee, the memorial thy Son hath commanded us to make, having in remembrance his blessed passion and precious death, his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension, rendering unto thee most hearty thanks for the innumerable benefits procured unto us by the same. And we most humbly beseech thee, O merciful Father, to hear us, and of thy almighty goodness vouchsafe to bless and sanctify with thy word and Holy Spirit these thy gifts and creatures of bread and wine, that we, receiving them according to thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ's holy institution, in remembrance of his death and passion, may be partakers of his most blessed body and blood. And we honestly desire thy fatherly goodness, mercifully to accept this our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, most humbly beseeching thee to grant that by the merits and death of thy Son, Jesus Christ, and through faith in his blood, we and all thy whole church may obtain remission of our sins and all other benefits of his passion. Here we offer and present unto thee, O Lord, ourselves, our souls and bodies, to be a reasonable, holy, and living sacrifice unto thee, humbly beseeching thee that we and all others who shall be partakers of this holy communion may worthily receive the most precious body and blood of thy Son, Jesus Christ, be filled with thy grace and heavenly benediction, and made one body with him, that he may dwell in us and we in him. And although we are unworthy through our manifold sins to offer unto thee any sacrifice, yet we beseech thee to accept this our bounden duty and service, not weighing our merits, but pardoning our offenses. Through Jesus Christ our Lord.
We do not presume to come to this thy table, O merciful Lord.
Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, we most heartily thank Thee for that Thou dost feed us in these holy mysteries with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of Thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and dost assure us thereby of Thy favor and goodness towards us, and that we are very members in corporate in the mystical body of thy Son, the blessed company of all faithful people, and are also heirs through hope of thy everlasting kingdom. And we humbly beseech thee, O Heavenly Father, so to assist us with thy grace, that we may continue in that holy fellowship and do all such good works as thou hast prepared for us to walk in. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. May Almighty God, who led the wise men by the shining of a star to find the Christ, the light from light, lead you also in your pilgrimage to find the Lord. May God, who sent the Holy Spirit to rest upon the only begotten at his baptism in the Jordan River, Pour out that spirit upon you who have come to the waters of new birth. May God, by the power that turned water into wine at the wedding feast at Cana, transform your lives and make glad your hearts. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost be upon you this day and remain with you always. Amen.